to Next Level Shit, where our host, Dave Warner, digs out the best of the best of our guests and discusses the things that put you on a quest to rise above the rest. He'll tease out their backgrounds, their motivations, their struggles, how they got to where they are today, and we'll have fun doing it. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends. Now, sit back, sip on a cold one, and enjoy the show. Next Level Shit. Hey, what's up, TJ? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. How you doing? Man, we're having a blast over here, shipping out a bunch of guns and uh, loving life. How about you guys? Well, that's actually ironic. I'm I'm starting to know what that feels like. You know, we started selling guns uh, Saturday, as a matter of fact, just three days ago. Hell yeah! Did you find any find anything to bring in for inventory? Or are they uh, pretty scarce right now? Well, actually, so before COVID ever happened, we had planned on uh, on, on the next step for tactical shit, which was going to be selling guns. Uh, and uh, we did that at SHOT Show last year. So some of our distributors were kind enough to, uh, you know, basically they said, if you will do this, we will have guns for you. And they uh, they rat hold guns all through the uh, all through the uh, the what do you call it? The disaster that we've been through this year. And, uh, you know, so we, we, we got a really nice inventory of, uh, of AKs and ARs and CZs and uh, Strybogs and all kinds of good stuff to launch with. Got some strip lowers from Anderson. And we got a lot of stuff a lot of people don't have at the moment, although it will be gone pretty quickly. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's the tail of the year, man. So what we got is we got a bunch of listeners all over the place. So, you know, a lot of people know who you are, subscribe to you online, follow you. Uh, but we got 58 countries, so there's a lot of people that that don't know what tactical shit is, danger, close, media. Uh, if you can give us just kind of a rundown of, you know, your store locations, uh, what you guys do, um, that way they got a little idea on your background. Sure, sure. So uh, my name is TJ Kurgan. Uh, people call me Sig Glock and Colt. Uh, like the Sig, as in the Sig Zauer and Glock and Colt. Uh, it was basically a fictitious name one of my guys came up with when I kept getting kicked off Facebook back in 2013 for speaking my opinion of Obama and Biden during the first uh, go-round of trying to take our AR-15s from us. Uh, during that time, I created a Facebook page called Tactical Shit. Uh, Tactical Shit became, quickly became a community of uh, you know tactical enthusiasts associate their their lifestyle with the word tactical people who care about the defense of themselves and their children and they appreciate their second amendment but also understand that it's their duty to train and their responsibility to train and not just a god-given right uh and so we grew that community to well over two million fans followers and subscribers we had a pretty decent sized youtube channel until youtube took it down right before the election um facebook also took down our facebook page but we got it back although not all the features work. Uh, and uh, we got a really decent following on Instagram. Uh, you can <clears throat> find it by searching tactical SHT if you don't like saying bad words or tactical shit with an I if you are not um, concerned with that sort of thing. Uh, we have two retail stores, one in St. Louis, Missouri, which is if you throw a dart right at the middle of the country, that's where we're at. And uh, we have another one in Orlando, Florida, right, right next to Disney World. 
uh, inside Machine Gun America. So if you ever travel to Orlando for any kind of thing, you can experience tactical shit. Uh, and then we plan on opening more stores in Florida, uh, Texas, uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, all, all over the place in the coming years. Very nice. And then you guys have another additional part, uh, that Danger Close Media. Uh, that's how I actually met you, was you guys were promoting uh, our firearms on social media and uh, other outlets. Yeah, so Danger so. In my other life, you know, I was a police officer for years. I was on the drug and gang unit in North St. Louis County. And after that, when I got engaged and uh, my wife didn't like me getting shot at for a living, I went to work for my daddy's ad agency. And uh, I eventually bought his ad agency from him. Uh, And uh, when I got into the tactical world, the gun uh, and defense industry, we, we renamed that agency Danger Close Media Group. And so Danger Coast Media Group is a marketing company that works in the defense industry. Uh, the only thing that makes us a little different, you know, any, any marketing company can create content, create logos and build websites and do search engine optimization and social media. Uh, however, we have a huge channel. You know, we, we reach over 30 million tactical enthusiasts a month with the Tactical Shit Channel. And now we've really started focusing on email marketing. Uh, we've grown a list of, uh, of subscribers on our email to uh, about 1.3 million. So every day those folks get emails from us and uh, everything from news to gear to guns. And uh, they say it's the spam they can't wait to get. Beautiful. Yeah, I've seen a couple of your mottos are like when shit hits the fan, have the right shit, you know, available. So, you know, basically a total noob can walk in off the street, not have any body armor, nods, guns, all and uh, be able to have multiple options, different, you know, tiered pricing, get outfitted for what they need to protect their home, their family, all that good stuff from the experts in your facilities, right? Yeah, I mean, we try to hire, you know, combat veterans and people that are experienced in two-way, two-way shooting ranges. Uh, and then what we try to instill in them is that, hey, we don't want anybody to feel funny or weird coming in here, whether they're a complete geardo that lives in their mom's basement, or if they're a a liberal anti-gunner that feels like they need a gun now because of what they've seen in the world, uh, we give them the best possible advice we can about the gear, the guns, the ammunition, tactics, strategies, and training so that they can best protect themselves, mitigate civil liability, and protect their families within the laws of their state or city. Beautiful. So you were in uh, law enforcement in the narcotics and gang uh, division. Yep. Where was I that? Was. Uh, North St. Louis County. Uh, St. Louis County is broken up into tons of little municipalities. Uh, and I worked in a, in a group of those municipalities that we were known as MRS. And I was on the mobile reserve team. So we rolled around about eight or nine different cities, uh, just basically chasing anything that ran. And our main, our main mission was to get guns and drugs off the street. Did you ever have any run-ins with Hunter Biden? <laughs> no, he was a little too light-skinned to be in the areas that I worked. <laughs> no, if I was him driving, I would have profiled him, pulled him over, and found whatever was in his trunk. <laughs> Wonderful. So how, how did you make that transition? Oh, you said you started, you know, kind of getting a following, things like that. Was it, uh, well, you know, or did you did you jump over and just build the brand full-time? Or No, no, it's a crazy, it's, it's a crazy story, you know what? I tell people that every single decision I've made, every opportunity I've seized in life led to where I'm at. It, this is because people are like, oh, my God, you grew that company to an Inc. 500 company in just 
four years, you know, that's, you're so lucky, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, it, luck had nothing to do with it. It was the 25 years uh, before that, uh, that taught me everything I needed to be able to do it. And so, you know, that's from going to the police academy in 1994, uh, becoming a police officer in 1995, being a police officer for about five years. I was in law enforcement, total of eight, um, get, you know, being in, uh, you know, hand-to-hand situations, uh, shoot, no shoot, uh, getting shot at, you know, getting assaulted, yada, 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 being the protector of the community for a long time. Uh, but you know, there was, there was no magic switch. I, uh, I gave up law enforcement strictly because I wasn't making enough money. The liability was way too high. When I went to work part-time for my father's ad agency, I started actually making enough money, uh, that, you know, as a part-time cop, you don't want to get sued and lose all everything. So I eventually gave up law enforcement completely. And I worked for my father's ad agency for years. I mean, we're talking an entire, an entire another life. You know, the, the time from, I'd say, 1998 through 2013, you know, we're talking 15 years. I was wearing a suit and tie. I was putting on cufflinks and I was taking people to ball games and strip clubs and schmoozing clients and writing radio commercials and helping build websites and coming up with jingles. And, you know, I worked in the advertising and marketing industry for a long time. And I was, I, I, I was very successful at it. I was, I was good at it. I was creative uh, and yet still had a good sales brain. And so I ran, a, ran the agency. And so when uh, uh, we created the Tactical Ship brand, it was really an accident. You know, I, I, uh, I was posting on my personal Facebook page my pro-gun, anti-Obama stuff. And, uh, you know, back then I actually had liberal friends. And so, you know, they were pressuring me to stop that, you know. So I created the Tactical Shit Facebook page just as a place where I could give advice on AR-15s because I was one of the first cops in Missouri to carry one in my patrol car after the 1995 shootout in Hollywood. And uh, my, uh, my wife said, oh, get off the computer. Stop messing with that Tactical Shit page. It's never going to make <laughs> you, never gonna make you a dollar. About three years later, she was working full time for me. Um, which was funny because she was always she had always made more money than me in the grocery industry. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a Facebook page and it was growing so fast that one day I went to work and I had an art director uh, who was a liberal anti-gunner, uh, two-time Obama voter. Uh, and uh, I sat down him and my my marketing team. I said, hey, I, I want to create a little side brand here. I need to build a website and I need a logo. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm going to try to try to make some money so I can buy ammunition because I like shooting guns. And I'm, I was thinking at the time of becoming a uh, uh, firearms instructor and my liberal anti-gun art director says, you know what? I don't want to be involved in this project. <clears throat> I don't like guns. I don't think people should own them. And I said, OK, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll pay somebody else to do it. The very next day, he walks in my office and throws down what is now the tactical shit logo. And even... <laughs> Even I, as the owner of the company, that logo made the company. I mean, the, the logo is, it's, it's, it's the Nike swoosh of the tactical industry. It's just awesome. Uh, Spartan helmet made out of guns. And, and he says to me, he says, I don't know why, but this came to me last night. And he just, and so interesting trivia, you know, one of the most pro second amendment, anti-liberal organizations in the industry, our logo was created by an anti-gun two-time Obama voter. Ha, 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 ha.
who, by the way, I saw at a bar a couple weeks ago, and he's now a Trump voter. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's okay with guns these days. Lots have changed since 2013. Wild times, man. Yeah. So then, I mean, you guys went on, started just doing solely online sales. Yeah. So originally we started selling morale patches. You know, we brainstormed uh, how to monetize a brand, you know, and we, uh, you know, we said, okay, our brand has fans. We have fans on Facebook. We have fans on YouTube. So how do you, how do you make money with fans? Well, we looked at, we did something called industry paralleling. And so we said, okay, who else has fans? Well, sports teams have fans and rock bands have fans and rappers have fans. So how do they monetize in the early stages? And the answer was swag, you know, hats, coffee mugs, you know, beer koozies and morale patches, which at that time on social media, we were definitely helping to mainstream morale patches uh, for companies like Millspec Monkey and whatnot. And uh, and so we started selling our own logoed stuff, T-shirts and whatnot. And uh, we also became a morale patch dealer because we didn't need a warehouse they had a really nice margin and they fit in a drawer, you know? And so my philosophy was, uh, to not, fortunately I had other income. Uh, you know, I didn't take a paycheck from tactical shit for three years. And what I did was I would, you know, I bought $3,000 worth of morale patches and I sold them for $6,000. And then I bought $6,000 worth of morale patches and sold them for 12. Then I bought $12,000 worth and sold them for 24. Then I split that, bought $12,000 worth of shirts and $12,000 worth of patches and sold it for, you know, 48. And next thing you know, you know, we've got six figures in the bank account and we're starting to add product lines and we just never stopped. Beautiful. And how long ago did you open uh, your physical store over there? <clears throat> physical store in St. Louis. The first one was opened as a necessity. Uh, some of you may have heard of Ferguson. You know, we, uh, my store, uh, my warehouse, my ad agency marketing company and warehouse for morale patches. And at that time, we were also selling tactical gear and body armor. Uh, when Ferguson kicked off, that was only seven miles from my front door. Uh, and like I said, can I, you, can you, uh, can you give a little rundown on what happened over there in Ferguson firsthand experience well, as well for our international listener? So Ferguson uh, was, was basically, you see the riots that are happening in America today, where uh, liberal and communist factions and anti-police factions uh, under names like BLM and Antifa and Muslim Brotherhood, they came in and they used a police officer shooting uh, and they used that as a way to kick off riots and it was a very, very violent time. Uh, the whole world was looking at us in St. Louis and the whole, the city was burning. You know, we had riots every night for years, <laughs> years. Um, and so the, me being a cop from that area, understanding the culture, understanding the mindset and understanding the ins and outs of how to get in down there and, not, and, and get out without getting hurt. Um, the day after the riots started, I told my guys, I said, hey, let me, you know, grab some ARs, grab some body armor. We're jumping in the Hummer and we're going into the riots. And they're like, why? I said, we're taking cameras and we're going to go tell the cop side of the story. And so we went in and we did a video in front of the burning Quick Trip, which was a gas station where this all started. And uh, we did a video talking about how the police had used incredible restraint 
and how they were being, you know, the, the, how the liberals with their phone streams were lying and trying to make it look like they were these murderous, you know, bloodthirsty animals. Uh, we, uh, we did that story. And the next day when I came to work at Tactical Shit, there were police officers from St. Louis lined up around my building and all the way down the block. Uh, wanting to be sized and fitted for body armor, for uh, for rifle protection, level four body armor, and, and plate carriers. And so that went on for weeks. And eventually we we had a uh, young lady that lived in the front apartment. I believe she had a uh, one of those poles. And she had, ran a little studio, if you will, out of her apartment. Well, <laughs> she got behind on So we kicked her out. And we turned that front apartment into a store where those cops could come and buy their tactical gear. And so the original tactical shit was a 1,200 square foot store that was like a speakeasy. You had to go up a set of stairs, knock three times on a door, little thing slides open, you know, and that's how we sold uh, tactical gear to cops during the Ferguson riots. And eventually that led to us buying a, a 12,000 square foot building on the side of the highway right in the middle of town. Uh, and that's, uh, that's where we're at today. Beautiful. How, how close is all the, the Corbin and all the other crazy riots and stuff? Has that been really close to you guys out there as well? Um, yeah, earlier this year, we had some significantly uh, uh, close calls. Uh, matter of fact, there was even one weekend where we had we had guys on our rooftops, um, you know, protecting our building from the uh, from the from the fire fire bombers, if you will. Um, that has all died down now. It seems to have really calmed. And as we go into winter, one thing we know in St. Louis that a lot of the other, the rest of the country will find out, um, is that rioters are like, uh, they're, they're no different than, than foot soldiers in Afghanistan. Uh, they don't like cold. They don't like snow. They don't like wind. They don't like rain. So during the winter, you're going to see a lull in the violence. Uh, and as soon as spring kicks off, as soon as it gets warm, it's, you're going to see it come back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of watching things, and they will. Use uh, I wonder what. Off. Yeah, I wonder, uh, you know, what's what's going to happen after this election. Being in our industry, you know, half of me thinks, you know, between November and January is going to be super dangerous in all the major cities. You know, if Trump were, wins, things are going to burn to the ground. Uh, in the major cities, you know, if Biden wins, you know, I think shit's going to go crazy. And I think we're not going to find out for probably a few weeks. Yeah. You know, part of me thinks that we're going to see weeks to months before we know who the, because of all the legal fighting and, and failure to you know concede and yada, yada, yada. But what deep inside, I really just hope it's such a landslide for Trump that, the, that, that, that it's uncontestable. Uh, you know, the, 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 the popular vote's going to be a landslide, but the, you know what we got to worry about is the uh, is the uh, you know the uh, electoral college. But I'm thinking that there's a good possibility that that goes. I think that I think the Republicans are going to win the House. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Now, as far as, I uh, as far as the, I think I think that it'll be less than we think it's going to be because of what I said about the winner. You know. Uh, I don't, you know, any, any, any type of rioting and whatnot that you see in the wintertime, you can, you can bet your butt those guys are being paid because I know that culture and they don't like cold. Uh, and so I, I think that you're going to see, but I think next summer, you know, I think you're going to see a resurgence of violence. Some poor cop somewhere is going to pull his trigger when he probably shouldn't have or do something, you know, or a camera is going to be looking at it at the wrong angle. 
and they're going to use it to explode into violence again. And I think we're going to see violence in this country continue until the feds do something about it. And until they do something about it, we are, you know, my father always said, why would you want to go to, you know, one of these third world countries, you know, America's the best place on earth. And I went to all those third world countries and, and now I see this country turning into that, you know, I mean, we're, we're spinning into a third world environment. This, this country is going to be no different than Mexico in another 10 years if we don't do something about it. Yeah, the police here uh, did a unique thing probably about a month, month and a half ago. Uh, we had a shooting in Detroit. Uh, it was shortly after Grand Rapids area uh, I live in uh, was burned down and they were setting cop cars on fire. Um, and they had a shooting and they said this guy was walking away from police. He had his back turned. He was in front of the church and police officers opened fire on him. Uh, and it was kind of a unique uh, move by the police chief down there. He just aired the video because it was a Friday night and people were about to burn the damn city down. And he aired the video of the guy coming at the police officers pulling the trigger. Um, it pissed, pissed a lot of people off, but right. he told the truth instead of ha having that whole riot happen. So things like that, I think, need to start happening as well. Having all, all the information put out, not snippets, not, you know, a twist of a tail to be able to, you know, keep the narrative going. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So I, I, I know I, I had followed you and, and we're friends on uh, MySpace and every other social media platform. Um, you know, let, let's kind of talk about the, the freedom of speech thing. I mean, for, for me, these are private organizations, right? And they own their platform. They put that out there for us to use uh, for free. Uh, first off, you know, we obviously run into shadow banning being in our industry uh, and then having, you know, you can get your complete account shut down. Um, but the shitty thing to me is, you know, it's only one way that they're doing any monitoring or blocking or anything. And I, I, I mean, did you guys get like warnings? Like you guys had millions of followers and then you were just, yeah, gone. No, we got, uh, you know, we got the traditional warnings along the way, you know, you post a picture of a banana and it says, Oh, this picture has nudity. Uh, it's a wiener. You, you post a picture of a of a water gun, and it says, "Oh, you can't do this. This is inciting violence or hate." You know, it's just stupid. You know, the the warnings are ridiculous. But as far as you know, we've been taken down from Facebook several times over the years. And what was really weird about the last one, um, what was really weird about the last one was the morning I woke up and I saw my Facebook memory. You know. And I think it was three years ago today or something. No, no, it was four years ago today. Okay. Four years ago. There's that's key. And, uh, and it was the last time they'd taken our page down because I was on with Tommy Laren on uh, Glenn Beck's program, uh, talking about, you know, censorship and yada, 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 because they removed our Facebook page with almost a million fans. And then we went through back channels with Facebook. There is some ways to do that. And we got our page back. And then four years later, on the same exact day, I shared that memory. On the same day, it happened again. And this time, they didn't just take our page down, unpublish our page. They also deleted my personal Facebook account with all my pictures of my kids and my hunting trips and fishing trips. But that, that, And that's not all. They, they deleted my wife's account as well because she was also listed as an owner of the company. So that sucked. She was really upset. She lost all her, you know, her whole life of photos and whatnot. Uh, and then what was really weird 
was now the pages were gone for two weeks. And then two weeks later, they came back through a second time with it, it was vindictive. We, we hadn't done anything. The pages were still gone. They came back through a second time and they deleted every single page of every single employee and business partner we ever had associated with the page. So in our industry, Tony Pignato lost his account. Jacqueline Carrizosa lost her account. 14 of my employees lost their accounts. And uh, a couple of weeks later, um, they miraculously reappeared again. And when they miraculously reappeared again, uh, we, we really quickly added my 18-year-old son as an admin to, to all of our 14 pages, uh, thinking, okay, he's a good boy. He's never done anything wrong. At least if they take me down again, we won't lose our companies. And so uh, the next day, though, they took down all the pages again, and they took his account down. It was almost like they baited us into, into, into connecting with other people. Then another couple weeks go by, and suddenly we get it back again with no explanation whatsoever. However, our reach is currently 50% what it was before, and they will not allow us to publish videos of any kind in any way with no explanation as to why. Now, as you said, these platforms are private platforms. We, they give us permission to use them as long as we agree to abide by their rules. But where the, so we can't sue them. You know, everybody's like, oh, sue them. Oh, sue them. You can't sue them. But what we have found out is that now Tactical Shit is a media company. You know, we are a media company. We're listed as a media company. That's our sick code. Uh, WebCorp Incorporated is a media company. And, you know, yes, we are a conservative leaning media company. And by silencing a media company, suppressing what they're doing by suppressing uh, media, like what they did to the New York Times with the Hunter Biden thing, they're doing that during an election cycle. And that is in violation of federal election laws. And I think you're going to see heads roll. It probably won't be the right heads, but you're going to see heads roll at the social media platforms for violating election laws if Trump wins. I've seen today, and, and it's always weird how they put a weird media spin on things. Uh, they said that, so what is it, the head of Google, Zuckerberg, and uh, Twitter are all answering questions uh, today, I believe, on, uh, you know, being able to, having their bias channels and, you know, censoring what they want to. And uh, they worded it really weird, like uh, unfounded by the Republicans. I'm like, and the media throws one word in there and changes the whole side of that story to they're being asked unfounded questions by the Republicans. And that just kind of weirds me out. I'm like, so that's already got a spin on it that these guys are making up stuff to charge these guys. But the whole Hunter Biden thing really, really boggled my mind because I, I didn't really see a lot. I don't follow any of the mainstream news. I look up all my own stuff. Um, but when this stuff started, you know, coming out and the White House press secretary shares an article that's from one of the oldest newspapers in America, the New York Post, it got deleted. Her yep. accounts all got deleted. And I'm I'm like, that is insane. That is somebody During that's, an election yeah. with a story about that, that, that should affect the election. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a big deal. And yeah, it looks like all three of those jerks are uh, currently testifying in front of Senate you can actually, there's a live video stream of it right now. Crazy. But yeah, like, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, people, they, they're trying to discredit saying, hey, why would he leave a laptop there? I'm like, well, you're smoking crack. So 
I mean, you know, I'm guessing crackheads probably don't have their <laughs> shit together, you know. <laughs> you know, and he's not a broke crackhead. Otherwise, it would have been at a pawn shop, not at a repair place. Because right. his dad's got money. Yeah, he forgot how he even took it there. He's <laughs> like, what happened to that laptop, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to get real interesting. And, uh, yeah, so what, what are you guys' kind of plans for, for growth? I know you said you're – you got a few more states you're looking at opening up into. And we're back. What's up, man? Modern technology. Hell yeah. We can merge this together and make it seamless. So what's uh, what's the next step? You guys are going to open up some new stores and uh, some target markets across the country here and kind of start growing, like you said earlier? Well, absolutely. You know, if Biden wins, he's going to make it illegal to sell gun parts on the Internet. So I got to corner that market as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, shit's, shit's going to be super wild, man. So now, um, our, our real plan, though, you know, long we I don't have any belief that Biden's going to win, although that would uh, that would be a problem. And people ask me, they said, if he did win, you know, and, the, and it made it illegal to sell gun parts, what would you do? I said, I'd open a, a tactical shit store in every city of America tomorrow. Uh, but right now, we're going to move a little slower than that. Our plan is to open five stores in Florida, uh, really kind of, you know, start owning in the Florida market. I think Florida Man is a, is a great customer of ours. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll probably branch out to some of the other southern states, uh, you know, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, North Carolina, you know, things like that. Beautiful, beautiful. So I know you're busy as shit, man. I really appreciate you jumping on with me. And um, the only thing we ask everybody, uh, just give a, a shout out to your favorite nonprofit. i uh, got a lot of listeners that jump on and, and support people's nonprofits. Uh, pick one that you, you want to give a shout out to and uh, tell us who they are. That's an easy one. Um, you know, I used to I used to have all kinds of veterans uh, nonprofits that we worked with and stuff. But these days, the most important thing in the world to us is uh, is supporting Firearms Policy Coalition, FPC, uh, a.k.a. Gun Policy <clears throat> on Instagram. Uh, those guys, you know, they are the you know, they are the guys that whatever money you give them, they, they take that money and they sue attorney generals. And 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 they sue the federal government with your money. They're they're not. There's no big fat paychecks. There's no million dollar wardrobes. You know, it's all about taking the fight to the courtroom. You know, in California and New York and Jersey and even in your city. So, uh, uh, gun policy, firearms policy coalition. Uh, give them all your money. Yeah, they're great. I agree 100 percent with that. And I've seen a lot of mismanaged funds over the years and a lot of fat and. They don't operate like that at all. Nope. Beautiful. Well, again, man, I really appreciate you jumping on. We'll uh, get this wrapped up and let you get back to uh, selling some guns and shit. And uh, I'll probably follow up and uh, see if we can't get some of ours put in there. I know you sell other stuff. See if we can't get some in stock in your stores, man. That would be awesome. I would look forward to it. And your brand is uh, you know, one of the top out there. I really like what you do. And uh, <clears throat> I really enjoy following your Instagram because – uh, you you always give me good stuff to steal because you and I think alike. <laughs> Beautiful, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. See ya. Next level. Next level. Next level shit. Next level shit. Next level. Next level. Next level shit. Next level shit.
Next Level Shit is brought to you by Next Level Armament. We hope you enjoyed the show, and please tell your friends, give us a review, and subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Ringer, Dinger, you know, where you're listening to the show. Thanks for being with us today. Look for us uh, every couple of weeks. Peace out. Next Level Shit. Next level shit.